So there's a local musician in Norman, Oklahoma, by the name of Mike Hosty. He's a local legend. Um, you could even say he's an Oklahoma legend, but he's not really famous outside of Oklahoma. But what he does that makes him a local legend is when he plays a show, he plays the guitar. He'll be sitting down. He plays the guitar, the kazoo. Uh, he usually has a kick drum and a bass drum by his feet. Sometimes he also plays a uh, these pedals that play like a bass guitar. And he sings, and he does all of this at once. He basically, I mean, not basically, he is a one-man show. His most famous song, you've probably heard it because it was covered by a an artist named Stunny LaRue who made it into a hit, a Red Dirt Country hit, is called Oklahoma Breakdown. Now, on this recording, uh, he does have a drummer with him, but normally when he plays it, uh, like he does in non-COVID times, every Sunday night at a little tiny bar called The Deli in Norman, he does everything by himself. So this song is called Oklahoma Breakdown, and here's just a little snippet of it. I love that song. Now, Iowa State had a player in 2017 named Joel Lanning. He was his own one-man band. He did it all. And he authored his own kind of Oklahoma breakdown. This is the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week. Thirty-five yards rushing, twenty-five yards passing, eight tackles, a sack, and a fumble recovery. I'd call that a one-man band. That is Joel Lanning, our guest today. That was his game against number three Oklahoma in Norman in 2017, when Iowa State won 38 to 31 in what at the time was considered a massive upset. And there are lots of reasons for that, of course. These days, we think of Iowa State as a pretty good team. Well, this was only, what, three years ago? And this was when Iowa State was basically considered like Kansas. And this turned around Iowa State. This was a a marker in the ground for Matt Campbell and Joel Lanning and Iowa State as a football team. And, And we can look back and say this was the moment that we realized that Matt Campbell was for real. So that's why we're focusing on this game today. And Joel Lanning is a great guest. So stick around for our interview with him. We'll get into all kinds of things with him. But before we do any of that, let's talk about Revtown Jeans. So I've heard from some people who have bought Revtown Jeans because of this podcast, and they say exactly what I say. The best, most comfortable jeans you're ever going to buy. They are stretchy. They are... Um, they feel a little bit like athletic wear, but not too much. You know, you still feel like you're wearing jeans. You still feel... You know, like you can be in a professional setting or a casual setting, or if you want to sit around the house, Revtown Jeans, RevtownUSA.com. Let me start by saying, when I'm breaking down this game, Iowa State should not have won this game. I was watching this game back, and I kept saying, am I watching the wrong year? Because Oklahoma's going to win this game. They're up 14-0. They're up 14-3 at halftime. I'm sorry, they're up 24-13 to at halftime. And it felt like they were just going to win. 
Remember Oklahoma, 2017, they make the college football playoff. Baker Mayfield wins the Heisman Trophy. All of that happens. That's the team that Iowa State beat. You know, C.D. Lamb was a freshman. Trey Sermon. Rodney Anderson. This was uh, Dimitri Flowers, the, the fullback, who was actually the leading receiver for Oklahoma. A dynamic Oklahoma offense. 31 points was like <laughs> shutting them out, basically. Um, Iowa State looked okay. But here's the thing. Iowa State came into this game. Not only did they come into this game having pretty much never beaten Oklahoma. The last time they beat them was 1990. Before that, it was in the 60s. Um, now the all-time record between the two teams is 76-6. and six. Oklahoma, obviously, on the 76 side. So Iowa State had five wins over, over Oklahoma before this game. Absolutely uh, uh, huge upset. But, but the other thing is, Iowa State lost their quarterback, Jacob Park, who, if you remember, had kind of a crazy hairstyle. He was actually playing decently well. Iowa State was 2-2 two and two at this point, but their quarterback, Jacob Park, was actually one of their best players. He does not play in this game and, in fact, never played again for Iowa State due to undisclosed personal reasons, I believe is what they said. So in comes Kyle Kempt, who had played two snaps in his career. He was a senior. And he throws for 343 yards, three touchdowns. Joel Lanning, who had been the Iowa State quarterback over Kempt, had been moved to linebacker earlier in the year by Matt Campbell. I'm not going to get too much into that because I get into it a lot with Joel uh, in the interview. But Joel had been moved to linebacker. So he was mostly a defensive player, but they did bring him in on certain packages. Well, in this game, they brought him in a lot because of the situation with their quarterback. So he mostly would run the ball. So he'd run on fourth and ones. He was big there, but he also threw it a couple times. And then, like I said, had a sack, had a fumble recovery. He played 78 snaps. I mean, it was just a Goliath performance. I mean, just um, one of the best performances that I've ever seen. You know, we, we love to talk about and I talk up to him about this in the interview, but Taysom Hill for the Saints. Taysom Hill, who will come in as a receiver, as a running back, as a quarterback for the Saints, and he also makes tackles on special teams. Well, Taysom Hill doesn't line up at linebacker like Joel Lanning did. Um, that, to me, is so impressive because linebacker is like the quarterback of the defense. They are involved in basically every play. It's exhausting. And then Joel would switch and he'd uh, take some snaps and he would play running back basically, which was an exhausting, which is an exhausting position. And then he'd also drop back to pass it, which requires a whole different skill set. I mean, it, it is an amazing performance. So Iowa State, like I said, they were down 24 to 13 at halftime. It didn't really feel like they were in this game. Well, a big, big play happens in the third quarter where Baker Mayfield is trying. He's running a zone uh, zone read with Trey Sermon, and there's a mix-up in the handoff situation. Um, it's hard to tell. I think Baker is trying to take it back and run it. Trey doesn't really know it. The ball is on the ground. So it wasn't a forced fumble, but the ball's on the ground, and who is there but Joel Lanning? So that kind of turned the game around. So what when I say, when I talk about these games, I talk, I talk about these upsets, two things that I harp on make upsets turnovers by the favored team and missed field goals by the favored team well we had both of those because we also end up getting a missed field goal from oklahoma so that lets iowa state in the game iowa state comes back they score 11 in the third quarter oklahoma scores zero and then 
Oklahoma finally gets it back together. It's tied 31-all. Iowa State's driving. Remember, they have a quarterback who has barely ever played. But they do have this guy, Alan Lazard, who was probably the best receiver in the Big 12 at the time. A very, very, very good player. And with two minutes and 19 seconds left, they said, you know what? We're not going to try to waste time and get a field goal. Let's be heroes. They throw the ball to Allen, and he, you know what? It's just one of those things where it was like a, a man against boys, like a man against boys. He just went up and got it over the, the Oklahoma corners who had absolutely no shot. It was a great play. So Iowa State's up by seven. Oklahoma, you think, hey, two minutes and 19 seconds left with Baker Mayfield and C.D. Lamb and Rodney Anderson and Dimitri Flowers and Mark Andrews. Oklahoma's going to tie this. There shouldn't even be – nobody should even be worried about this, right? Well, Iowa State's defense, like they did the whole game, or at least the entire second half, stepped up. They stopped Oklahoma, and Iowa State wins. They somehow held this crazy good offense – to seven points in the second half. So that's the game. And again, I could have for Iowa State, I could have picked their 2011 upset over Oklahoma State. And I would think most people probably would have said that that would have been the smart one to pick. But there's a couple reasons I didn't do that. And I want to explain those really quick. So the number one reason is what I'm looking for in a lot of these games is a game that was a changing, a turning of the tide. So this turned the tide for Iowa State because now we think of Iowa State as a good team. They're, they've been ranked several times. They're a team you fear. They have a great defense usually. Their offense is pretty good. Now they have Brock Purdy, who is a great quarterback. So that is, that's one of the reasons. This was a marker in the ground. Um, Iowa State actually planted a flag at uh, the, the middle of the field in Norman as a nod to Baker Mayfield planting the flag at Ohio State, which he did the... Uh, this season, this was only a few games before that, that he did that, and then they lose to Iowa State. So they planted the flag, and the Big 12 took notice. That Iowa State team in 2011, it didn't really result in them having years long of sustained success. It was really kind of a blip on the radar screen. The other reason is because of the situation with Oklahoma State and the women's basketball coaches that had died in the plane crash um, just before that game. I just felt like that was too heavy to talk about. So this is heavy on me because I don't like Oklahoma losing, but obviously it's just a college football loss uh, with nothing else tied in. So I think this was more important it's because I wanted to talk to Joel Lanning because there are very few people that I just deeply admire when I'm watching college football and what he did this game and what he did for this entire season playing on both sides of the ball. Has, he has my undying respect. And so I was really excited to talk to him. So here's that interview with Joel Lanning. And I'm excited to have on former Iowa State, uh, well, I guess I could say quarterback, I guess I could say linebacker, but I'll say uh, all-around great player, Joel Lanning. How's it going, Joel? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. So I, I'm, I have to start off by saying I am an Oklahoma fan. I went to Oklahoma, and this is going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to ruin that for you. Well, I, you know, I did it to myself picking this game, but uh, – I, I the first question I have to ask is I just rewatched the game. How exhausted were you after this? Um, I, yeah, I was pretty exhausted. Now that you think about it, I mean, when you're in the when you're living in the moment, you don't really think about that. 
Um, but yeah, I was I was pretty tired. I mean, it was a warm day, middle of the day too. I mean, yeah, I was in the, a lot of snaps played, a lot of stuff going on. So I was I was pretty exhausted. I mean, even like the game plan uh, going into it, you know, was to kind of monitor my reps on defense, you know, because I was going to help out on offense and all that. So they were going to monitor me. And they did, and I was, you know, I still ended up being eighty or so snaps or more. So I was, uh, I was pretty tired. I bet. So before we get into the game itself, let's back up a little bit. Um, can you tell us where you went to high school, why you picked Iowa State, and then kind of take us through the journey of those first few years as you were playing quarterback? Yeah. Um, well, I'm from Ankeny, Iowa, which is about ten minutes north of Des Moines. And I'm about 20 minutes south of Ames. So I'm literally like right in the middle of the state and I'm right in between the two. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I've lived here my whole life. My parents are from Iowa. Um, uh, first couple of years at Iowa State, I mean, it wasn't exactly the best. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we were three and nine my first year. The second year, we were two and ten. And then three and nine, and three and nine. Uh, even when Coach Campbell came there, you know, so it was kind of a rough, rough start to my career. Um, I mean, I wouldn't really wish that upon anybody, to be honest with you, to start out a career like that. Um, and you know, just kind of how it was. I mean, played quarterback my whole life in high school. Um, that's all I did. They wouldn't let me play defense. Um, so that's kind of that's how it is. Tiger. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, I wrote down those records, and I was going to ask you about that, but you brought it up first. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, you know, obviously that's that's tough. But you you also knew that going into playing at Iowa State that you know the team had been struggling before. Um, I imagine that one of your goals as a player was to change that culture. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, like getting recruited out of high school, you know, I love the, the coaching staff that was here. Um, the head coach at the time was coach Rhodes and he was an Ankeny guy, um, you know, from my hometown, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I just like Iowa state, you know, they were going to bowl games and they were, you know, winning games here and there and all that. And, you know, I wanted to go there. I wanted to stay close to home. Um, and really I just, you know, I, I just liked the coaches there and I wanted, like you said, I wanted to come in and kind of change the program and do what I could. And, uh, you know, obviously it took a lot longer to do that than what was expected. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so I was at the big 12, uh, media days, uh, Matt Campbell's first big 12 media days. And I yeah. remember hearing him speak and I didn't know anything about him. And I, and my, uh, coworker and I, we, we kind of turned to each other and I'll be honest with you. We both were like, I think I'd like to play for this guy, but I just don't know if he can do be successful at Iowa state, but there was just something about him that we were both like, I like this guy. What was yeah. your first impression of him and, and what did he do to help change that culture? Um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, a lot of players bought in behind him and, you know, they believe what he says and he's like, you know, the players first uh, looking out for everybody. And, um, I mean, my relationship was kind of different with him and others because, you know, when he came here, I was a quarterback and, uh, when the coaching change happened and everything, he had made some phone calls to, you know, like seniors and, um, and I was the quarterback at the time and he called me right away and, you know, our relationship started right then. And, um, I mean, like you said, you would like to play for him and you heard him talk, you know, one time or whatever. And, um, you know, he came in pretty much said, this is how we're going to do things. And, 
you know, this is how he knew how to do things. And, um, pretty much that's what we live by. And, you know, they still do it nowadays. Um, and I was saying to show that success. And, you know, Coach Campbell's like one of those guys who loves his back against the wall, um, just makes him work harder. And he loves pro- proving people, people wrong. So, I mean, that's just what he's going to do. And, um, you know, he didn't, he doesn't shy away from all the people, you know, saying that you can't do it at Iowa State and all that. So, yeah, you need, you need a guy like that at a school like Iowa State that's struggling. You need somebody that has that attitude. That's, that's really cool. I guess because of that relationship you had with him, how, what is the conversation where he says, Hey, you know, you played quarterback your whole life. What if you do kind of the opposite of that next year? How does that conversation happen? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my junior year, um, you know, I, I I don't even remember. I think I st- ended up starting like six or seven of the games that year, and I kind of ended up splitting time and losing my position. And you know, towards the end of the year, that was like I had just graduated um, from school in the springtime. Um, you know, and I was going into my senior year, and I sat down with him, and uh, like after the after the uh, season, you know, in December, and was just pretty much you know straightforward with him and. He was like, listen, like I, I don't want to come back my senior year to be like a backup quarterback or, you know, to play five games. Like I'm not gonna, like, you know, waste my time pretty much because mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I've worked hard and done all that, uh, you know, to earn to earn time or whatever. And um, he pretty much was like, uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna figure out what we can do. Um, you know, to get you on the field as much as we can, you know, originally the plan was to, you know, use me as like an H back, you know, kind of move me all over on offense and all that stuff. And it ended up just happening that one of our uh, linebackers that was a senior ended up leaving. So the position was open and there. They just asked me if I wanted to switch there before spring ball started. And, um, you know, the first day of spring ball never looked back pretty much is how it happened. Yeah, how much extra so, study and things like that did you have to do to learn the position? Uh, a lot. You know, every day after uh, spring ball, I was up there watching film with another uh, linebacker, Jack Spring. Um, he was teaching me. He was in my my class. You know, he was a senior as well, and was helping me out doing everything to get me to where I, where I wanted to be. And that's being a selfless selfless teammate. And, uh, I mean, I just had great coaches and great teammates. Um, and I've said this multiple times. Like I, I couldn't have done what I did without those guys. So for sure. Do you ever look at what Taysom Hill's doing with the Saints, and, and you're like, "Hey, that's what I. That's me." Yeah, <laughs> I was doing that yeah, first. I mean, you know, I, I just wish I would have had a. You know, I wish I would have gone to a team or something. You know, that uses people like that. You know, maybe I would still be, you know, playing or doing something different. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So. Okay, so all of that is established. You're not playing quarterback anymore, but you're you're in there as you know in some certain packages and things like that. And yep. then the week before the Oklahoma game, everything changes. You know, <laughs> with yep. with the quarterback situation, was there talk of you sliding back into that position full time, or you know what was the conversation like with the chaos? I imagine that was going on before a huge game like that. Uh, yeah. Um... I don't really think that there was ever talk of me going back there full time. I mean, I don't really know if I could have done that. Uh, I mean, because you kind of—I mean, the plays—the plays didn't really change from the first year to the second year with Coach Campbell and those guys. But you know, it's just—it's a different. You know, you got to prep and 
Mm-hmm. Being a quarterback is way different from preparation-wise as it is in any other position. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he had told me, you know, obviously we knew what was going on in the quarterback situation. Um, we just didn't know how they were going to handle it, and, you know, that's what they ended up doing. I mean, Coach told me earlier in the week that they were going to use me, you know, to help tempt out with, you know, take some pressure off of him, you know, first start in college football and it's against the number three team at Oklahoma. Um, so it's a l- little pressure there before you even, like, step foot on the field. But, you know, I was all for it. All, you know, I was ready to do it. And, I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. I mean, they just told us what was going on the week of. And, you know, I just had to do a little bit of offense at practice and then go down with the defense the rest of the day. So, <laughs> Yeah, so the week before you guys had played a close game against Texas, a defensive battle. Yep. I imagine that helps the confidence after a really tough, you know, like you said, what is it, four or five seasons before, you have this really yeah. close game. But was there any thought in, in your mind, especially with what was going on at quarterback, that this was a game you guys could win? I know you will say every game you want to win, but was there any yeah. extra thought because of the game before? Um, No, not really. I mean – just like you said, I mean, you go into every week thinking you're going to win or trying to win. You know, you don't ever go in with like, all right, we're playing Oklahoma or Texas. You know, like we're, we're screwed. We don't stand a chance. But like, obviously, I don't even. I wish I could go back and like remember what my mindset was or my feeling during that week when I like when we knew the quarterback situation and what was going on. Um, I mean, it definitely definitely wasn't like we're going to go in there and beat the crap out of them. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it was just, you know, really, to be honest, it was probably just, you know, take take one play at a time and see what happens. You know, if you if you could just do do what you need to do as a team, you know, take care of the football and stuff like that. I mean, we'll see what happens in the fourth quarter. Maybe we give our, give ourselves a chance to win the game, and that's kind of just what happened. You know, we just kind of we never quit playing, and we kind of just kept hanging around, hanging around. You know, finally we got. A, a turnover to, to fall our way, and next thing you know, we got a touchdown here. Momentum shift. So, yeah, th- that was watching this game back. I kept saying to myself, "Okay, wait. I know Oklahoma loses this game, but it sure doesn't look like they're going to lose this game." You know, the, the whole time, they, and that team was so good. <laughs> I was like, they got Baker, they got CD as a freshman. I mean, this team didn't they didn't lose this game, right? But I would say, just you guys just hung around, like you said. Um, what was the feeling on the sideline when you recovered that fumble? I mean, was there like that's when the belief started, you know, coursing through the sideline? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even to be honest, I don't even remember like what the score was at the time. I just remember that they were driving like on us pretty easy. Um and, you know, we needed something to happen and kinda of, like when they did that, that's kinda of, like when the momentum shifted pretty easy um towards us. I mean they were driving, and next thing you know, it was, uh, you know, our ball. And we ended up, I don't know if we scored on that or we got a field goal or something, but we did something with it mm-hmm. know, to help us out. So Yeah, you were down by eight, and, and after that, I think you guys drove down, scored, and got the two-point conversion, and then it's a tie game. Uh, so, yeah, that really changed I mean, things. Like you said, it was huge. Um, huge, huge, like, momentum shift in that situation. And, you know, like you said, though, like, they were they put up fourteen points on us in like twenty seconds is what it felt like. Yeah, <laughs> they they threw touchdowns quick. And, you know that's that's just the type of offense they are. And you know for some reason that day we 
ended up shutting him out and or uh, you know messing with Baker a little bit or something and got him out of their out of their zone. That's what we needed to do in order to give, our, give ourselves a chance to win. Yeah, you mentioned the the one play at a time mentality and the not getting you know when you're down fourteen zero real quick, not kind of losing yeah. the the plot. How much does that come down to having a coach like Coach Campbell who likes his back against the wall, who likes you know believing in himself and the team when no one else believes? Yeah, I mean it's it's huge. I mean the whole week. I mean I remember in the team meeting on Tuesday, he said, you know. We're literally going into a place and we're facing a 500-pound lion. Um, hmm. I mean, it's literally us 60 guys versus, I don't even know how big their stadium is, but 70 or 90,000 people, yeah. or whatever it is, you know? So it's like, it, it's literally, we're facing the biggest biggest team in the Big 12, um, and we're going to need everybody. Like, whether you're playing or not, we're going to need you, scout team, during the week or you know, special teams do something to help us out. And that's just kind of how we live by that week. Yeah. And, and this game obviously changed, you know, it kind of changed the trajectory of Iowa state. It was a, it wasn't a fluke. So one of the things when I was picking uh, games for each team of, of the, the game of the week to, to kind of reminisce on one thing I wanted to avoid was like a one-off fluky upset that didn't really mean that much. And the reason I picked this game was because it was like a marker in the ground for Iowa State of, hey, we're we're here and we're legit. And you guys went on to have a good season and, and you know, ever since then have been um, a really good team. I mean, was this – obviously, I guess you guys had the feeling that you had a really good team. Was this the moment of announcing like, hey, we're here? I mean, what did that feel like? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> going into it, I mean – Obviously, you don't know what's going on. Or like this season, you know, you don't know how you're going to do. Um, you know, you, you know, everybody's got a good feeling at the beginning of the year, you know, and obviously things happen. And um, I mean, we were two and two going into the game. You know, we lost a tough one to Texas, lost uh, overtime to Iowa, and then we beat the other two teams. And you know, like we we were playing good ball. And you know, I feel like, like you said, it kind of it kickstarted us. Um, I wouldn't say like, it wasn't a fluke by any means. Um, exactly, it wasn't yeah. just one of those, like you said, a, a, an upset. And then we ended up losing the rest of the season. Um, we beat some good teams. Uh, we ended up beating TCU a couple weeks later. Um, you know, it's like, so I think we kind of showed, showed that it wasn't a fluke and, you know, that we, we were actually like a legit team. And then, uh, I just remember after the game, you know, coach Campbell was talking like, you know, don't believe anything the media says. You know, you're going to be praised and all this. You know, you got to come back to work and keep working. And, you know, that's just what we did. That was our mentality. And, um, you know, he's like, everyone's going to say it was a fluke, so you got to prove everybody wrong. Um, and that's just kind of how we live by it as well. I mean, at Iowa State, you're, everyone thinks you're kind of, you know, whatever team, so-so team. And you got to go out there and prove every single week that you're not. And that's just what Coach Campbell's brought in. Yeah, and so you're on. You're working on the staff now, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. How much do you, you know, what are the lessons that you learned from football, and and maybe specifically from Coach Campbell that you um, teach to the players that you're working with now? Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, like, really, I mean, they still preach, you know, what they did when I when I was playing there and all that stuff, and it's it's cool to see, you know, that a coach actually lives by what he believes in. You know, it doesn't just change every single year because that's what everyone else is doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
coach has his way of doing things and you know it's obviously it shows that he can win games doing it and that's how he's going to do it you know and like one of the big things that we didn't have at Iowa State before he got there was like belief you know that we could actually win games and compete in the Big 12 and uh you know against other schools um and you know that's kind of like what he brought when he came you know was belief you got to believe that you can beat these teams and compete and that's what we do um that's what we do now and um you know they're still preaching that so i would just say that's probably one of the biggest lessons is you know believing in yourself believing in your teammates and getting the job done yeah for sure and uh you know as we've gone through this series i've i've asked each of the people that i'm interviewing to give a uh a record prediction for this year but with all the chaos um i don't know how many games will be played so i'll ask you this what uh What's the team looking like this year? What 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 should fans be excited about with the team? Um, obviously, we got you know, got Brock Purdy, but what else could we be looking yep. for? And who are maybe some hidden gems or something that we could uh, pay attention to? Yeah, um, you know that's a good question. You know, I feel like um, you know we got a pretty a pretty solid team. This is like the first year that it's all Coach Campbell's recruits, hmm. um, so they got everybody that they want. You know what I mean? Um, like you said, you got Brock Purdy. Um, you know, he's been there. He's a, he's a seasoned vet uh, offensively. Um, Brees Hall, he kind of made a name for himself towards the end of the year last year at running back. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll be back. Um, we got some good receivers as well. Um, obviously, you know, our tight end, tight ends, I should say, you know, uh, Charlie, Chase Allen, Dylan Sainter, they'll all be back. So really, it's just kind of like <laughs> who uh, who's going to show up that day on offense and perform the best. Um, but I mean, I feel pretty confident in that side. And defensively, you know, we got a, a bunch of guys back as well. Um, pretty confident in the linebacking core, um, D line core, and safety. So I mean, it's really just all around. We feel pretty solid. Um, no worries right now. You know, it's obviously like you said, uh, just trying to figure out if we're going to have a season or not, <laughs> what we can do practice wise, and all that stuff because it's been kind of crazy. You know, even with this little like summer mini camp deal that the NCAA has allowed us universities to do and stuff, you know, you still can't really get much contact in. So it's, it's a mess, but you know, you can't really do see how people are going to perform and do things until they get pads on and, you know, are really moving and playing football. So for sure it'll be interesting, but you know, we, we feel pretty confident, you know, what we have at Iowa state and um, it'll be exciting. Hopefully we can, display and play against a bunch of good teams yeah having so recently played being around practices and stuff do you do you miss it do you miss throwing the pads on yourself uh yes i miss you know you know like playing and you know doing all the contact stuff but i don't miss like the (laughs) the conditioning parts and all (laughs) that crap and you know the the bs that comes with practice you know extra running and all this, you know how that goes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I do miss it, you know, just chopping it up with the guys and, you know, hanging out and, uh, you know, playing ball. Yeah. Well, Joel, I really appreciate it. I do hope we have a season and we can see all those Iowa State players you were, you were talking about. Um, but I appreciate you joining us, uh, joining me on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thanks again to Joel for joining me on the podcast like I said he's a guy that I have greatly admired as a player and so it was, it was nice to uh, learn that he's a cool guy and uh, to look back on one of his greatest games and just talk about Iowa State and, and what Matt Campbell has brought to the team because 
Matt Campbell is a, a highly admired guy throughout college football for the job that he's done at Iowa State. So to hear from uh, one of his most successful players, but also a player who played under the previous regime and can kind of see the changes that Coach Campbell brought in. Um, and obviously he likes Coach Campbell enough that he's still around. And, uh, you know, if you've ever met anybody from Iowa, they are they are Iowa through and through. And so it was it was kind of funny to hear him say, you know, he's from Ankeny. Uh, he went to Iowa State. He works for Iowa State. I think he'll never want to live anywhere but the state of Iowa. That's what you hear from a lot of people in Iowa. So um, love hearing the state pride in his voice. And, uh, you know, I love that, that Iowa State is competitive uh, in the Big 12 because it's always good to have competitive teams from top to bottom in your conference. And so much as I hated this game when it happened, I think it was probably good for the Big 12 to have another team kind of rise up and and say, hey, we're here. And, and hopefully Les Miles at Kansas will will do the same thing and we'll have, you know, competition top to bottom in the conference. That would be good for everybody. And of course, yes, will we have a season? Right now we will. Who knows? Next week. Who knows? The week after that. I'm open we will, obviously, even if it is 25% fans or, or whatever it is. Uh, I need some football. I've been watching these highlights all summer. I've been getting hyped up about football. I need it. Now, you know, one of the things I notice when I watch all these highlights is the crowd. I mean, that that's college football, isn't it? The crowd, the passion, the bands, all of that. So it, it'll be different, but I'll just be happy to see some college football. There's a lot, of, a lot I want to see from my Oklahoma Sooners. There's a lot I want to see from... Brock Purdy and Iowa State and all the players that Joel mentioned. Uh, you know, Sam Ellinger's got Texas poised and ready for a, a good season. So I'm excited. I hope there is a season. Either way, we'll be here. We'll be talking about it. Next week is the last week of the Game of the Week series. I'm a little bit sad. I'm a little bit happy. It's been a lot of work, but I've been enjoying the feedback I've gotten. And I'm, I'm glad that the fans of each of these teams have enjoyed this series next week if you by process of elimination have figured it out we are going all the way out to west virginia and we're throwing the horns down this is the bed goods big 12 bullets game of the week presented by ref town all the